Hello and welcome. It's Pat and Stu. 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. Of course, everybody's talking about the weekend uh, BYU baseball had in San Diego. And I, I don't blame you for talking about that. It was, it was pretty spectacular. Uh, winning the series with the uh, 19th ranked San Diego Toreros uh, was pretty special. <laughs> that is really what you spent your weekend doing, wasn't it? It really is, yeah. yeah. Winning the series with the San Diego Toreros. <laughs> They're ranked 19th in the country. What is BYU ranked? They're not ranked right now. now why would anyone be talking about that then? Because there are so many BYU ranked, fans. And, let, let me be clear. You know, they're still 22 and 14. They're doing well. If they were know. number one ranked and were 36 yeah. and 0, right. and through three <laughs> consecutive perfect games, no one would be talking about BYU's victory over the San Diego Carrera. <laughs> that is, wow, is that untrue. Wow. It's not untrue. Did you hear that incredible untruth he just spoke? I did. Well, it, I, are it's you flabbergasted by it's it? Embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I think right. a lot of people are talking about the first 100 days of the administration. A lot of people are talking Which about that. actually uh, end on Saturday, right? The first 100 days. Yeah. Day 100 is Saturday. So we're going to get a flurry of, uh, hey, look at all the things we did on our list that yeah. we can kind of come up with a generalized argument that says they're kind of true. <laughs> and he's uh, done one. He's done one thing One so of far. the ten. Um, well, I mean, let's get uh, John Carl uh, to, to lay it out for you. Here's the, here's the case of the first 100 days. Okay. Donald Trump has truly shaken up Washington, and he has big plans for the rest of the year. But by the standards that he set for himself during the campaign, there is no question that he has fallen dramatically short in the first 100 days. Just take a look at this. Back in October, he offered what he called a contract with the American voter. This is 10 specific promises, 10 pieces of legislation that he promised to introduce and, quote, fight for their passage within the first 100 days of my administration. Well, George, only one of those has even been introduced, Hmm. and that is repealing and replacing Obamacare, and obviously that hasn't passed. Uh, It's a pretty good case. Yeah, that's problematic. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be for his supporters. I I don't know. These... just doesn't matter. None of the facts matter. It's like, why are you bashing Trump still? Why are you yeah, bashing no one, Trump? Yeah, no one I mean, I, I don't know. Are you going to hold him to any standard? Any standard well, whatsoever? Did you, hear, did you hear what Trump said about this contract? No. They're like, what about that contract with the American voter? He's like, I don't know. Someone put that out. You've got to be <laughs> kidding me. <laughs> He's like basically denying. I don't know. Someone, someone put, put that, that out? Someone put that contract out. I don't know. Like, it was basically not him. He never promised oh, those things. My. Uh, this is what he does. Um, but uh, you can, if you mm. want to look at uh, Byron York had a, a pretty, wow. to say a pretty positive take would be underselling Byron's uh, handiwork here. And, and he's, a, he's, you know, Byron York's a, York is a very smart guy and, and, a, and, a, and a good conservative. But he's, uh, you know, trying to, I think, and there's value to this, putting, tr- what's the most positive mm. way you can look at this uh, at the first hundred days? Um, and he says, basically, it's an executive success. A uh, contract, a single piece of paper, front let, listed 18 actions Trump would take under his executive authority as president, and the back listed 10 pieces of legislation he would introduce in Congress. Three months into the Trump administration, the front and the back uh, co- of the contract are two very different stories. On the executive front, Trump has kept a significant number of his promises. And here's what he, and again, I, I think you can argue with some of these. Candidate Trump promised to begin the process of selecting Supreme Court justice to replace Scalia. Obviously, Neil Gorsuch is in. That one, unquestionably, he did and did well. Yes. Uh, you know, again, you never know. You know, how, I we have to see how Gorsuch so turns really out. So really, you can give him credit. two. 
Because even though that's not one of the ten he listed, that that's a big one too. Almost all of us. Well, he did list it on the huge. other side as an executive order. Okay. So he said he would start that, but he actually got that one all the way done. It was Which the is big, great. one of the biggest ones, that, and that's I mean that's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Just that alone is better than anything Hillary Clinton would have ever done, ever done uh, by by a lot. Yeah, I mean, he, I, you never could have you know expected hillary clinton to no do, and even a mod, i mean like you know i wouldn't even have expected Merritt garland out of hillary uh, no clinton, no so. I, I would have expected a, a uh, ruth, ruth bader, bader ginsburg, ginsburg or a sotomayor mm-hmm. um so that one uh, obviously and we've praised him effusively for that uh, of course we, do, we haven't seen how it turns out yet um i i am uh of the very strong belief that gorsuch will be great um, however, we haven't actually seen it happen yet, so we have to hold... Just I like thought Bush, John Roberts was going to be pretty yeah, great. Yeah, just like Bush gets blamed for Roberts, even though uh, a lot of people praise that decision, uh, he still has to... You have to face for what he does when he's actually in... I mean, you know, and it wasn't... What was the guy? I always get Breyer con- confused with the guy I'm thinking of, uh, Souter. Souter is the one where, like, you look at, holy crap, he looked kind of conservative and then turned out to be, like, ultra-liberal. Yeah. Um, which was pretty amazing. <clears throat> uh, second one, candidate Trump uh, promised to withdraw from the Trans-Pacific Partnership as president. He did that. Thank you for that one as well. Candidate Trump uh, uh, promised to require that for every new federal regulation, two exi- existing regulations must be eliminated. Now, he did pass that executive order, but have we not seen any results out of it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one, to me, while Byron York gives him credit for that, you know, introducing an executive order and actually doing it are two different things. Um, he did actually uh, get sign the executive order. However, I've seen no evidence that we've repealed any reg- regulations um, outside of a couple of highly publicized. Said eighty six billion dollars worth, though. That, that's mm-hmm. what they claim. Eighty six yep. billion in uh, regulations have been have been uh, wiped away. Yes, and so. The question is, is that tied to anything new? And so far, we haven't seen that. But we, but we might. And he's got a little bit of a runway there, obviously. Uh, candidate Trump promised to lift the Obama roadblocks on the Keystone Pipeline. Another good one I would give him credit for. Yeah, it's good. Good job. Um, candidate prom, uh, Trump promised to begin removing more than 2 million criminal illegal immigrants. Uh, now, I don't know. He, he gets credit for this one from, from Byron York. Um, begin removing is so broadly worded. I mean, <laughs> begin removing? That means you don't have to remove anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're beginning to remove them like uh, you don't i don't know what that means exactly i wouldn't say he's been incredibly active on that front in um, fact the, the opposite I, I would say he's done the opposite on immigration i mean he's he explicitly said dreamers can stay it's his policy mm-hmm. they stay in the country mm-hmm. okay that's not the kind of rhetoric he was giving us during the campaign no he said the opposite yep. said the opposite uh, the so of that. are, are he, you he said the ever going to hold things. his feet to the fire on this? All of his supporters, come on. This was his issue, and he's turning really bad on it. Um, um, yeah. but, but also, the uh, and we'll, pl- we'll play the Kelly thing here, the DHS secretary in a second. Oh, yeah, but, but this is a good time. This maybe is crazy. We'll come back to the rest yeah, of Yeah, we'll come list. back to the rest. Let's but, go ahead and play uh, what Department of Homeland Security Secretary John Kelly said about immigration. He is arguing that your get tough policy is making people less less safe, rather. What's your response? Well, certainly the police chief is a is a hero in my mind. I mean, he's uh, we're obviously the local where the rubber meets the road. Uh, but, you know, he's got his job to do. I've got my job to do. And as I've said repeatedly, Dana, uh, the illegal aliens that we're going after that. Uh, are not, uh, as, if you will, a simple. Uh, Simply here, illegally, we're actually going after the very people that uh, the sheriff references in, in terms of criminals that are, happen to be here uh, also illegally. 
And, and I would just uh, highlight the fact that, you know, you can report crimes and not give your name. I mean, the, the 911 process uh, can, yes, is anonymous. You can. You, yes, you thank you. Thank but, you. But again, I, I don't have facts and figures. I haven't looked at it. I hear this a lot, uh, that uh, the, the, the reports are down and all that. I would just, again, tell the illegal immigrant community, if you are simply here illegally, uh, we don't really have the time to go after you. We're Good looking gosh. for bad oh men and women. That's unbelievable, uh, man. That's unbelievable. doing that very, very effectively. How would you even say it? This is I, the- I don't know. This is supposedly the guy who's so tough on immigration and culture didn't care about any other issue. Yeah. Because that's her big deal. And he was so tough on the border and immigration, he was going to completely, completely bring us into a new era uh, as far as the way we look at illegal immigration uh, from now on. And and this is the kind this is George Bush rhetoric. This is like, relax, don't worry about it. Nobody's coming for you. Nobody's we don't have time. and, And in fact, he said dreamers should rest easy. So. I guess that also applies to other illegals because uh, John Kelly is saying, yeah, don't, don't even worry about it. We're not coming for you. Now he said Trump, not coming. Uh, is this the Trump uh, quote right here? Yeah. On the legal status of dreamers, young immigrants brought to the U.S. illegally and protected uh, from deportation by the Obama administration. Quote, Trump, we aren't looking to do anything right now. That's going to be the policy of your administration to allow the dreamers to stay. Trump, yes, that's our policy. I'm not saying long term we're going to have to fix the problem, the whole immigration problem. Here's what they can hear. The dreamers should rest easy, okay? I'll give you that. The dreamers should rest easy. Okay, that's it's unbelievable. Un, it's incredible. It, it, I, I, it's I, unbelievable. I, and Jeffy, I, I don't know if you've heard any of this, but <laughs> I would love to know what the so many of the uh, conservative media hosts <clears throat> that exist out there in the in the in the conservative uh, media ecosphere. Mm-hmm. What are they? saying about this because this was their issue that they tied yeah. they excused yeah, the last, everything else yeah. over excused the fact of this. all of it and the last this it. is a bush administration proposal i mean bush didn't even pass the dreamer act right he didn't even do that and this is now we've gone well beyond that to the watch point where him pass in, comprehensive comprehensive immigration look report. it's more important watch him do it look obviously we want to get all of them right i mean obviously we do that's a clear fact but we got to get the bad guys first it's important to get the bad guys first, and so. But that's not, got, that's different than rest easy. Yeah, a lot different. That, that, he's saying if you are an illegal immigrant and you're not committing additional crimes, don't worry about it. We're not coming. Now he's saying eventually we'll have to get there, which is, by the way, not we're going to eventually re- arrest no, them. No, what or he's saying is them. we're eventually going to fix do comprehensive it. Comprehensive immigration. And, wh- and the way they're going to fix it yeah. is with amnesty. Mm-hmm. That's how they're going to fix it, and then this guy will have been worse than Obama, and worse than George W. Bush. Yeah. I, if this happens and it looks like it's headed that way, I, mean, I don't know how you, how you live with that vote. I mean, if you want to give Trump the benefit of the doubt here, uh, I think you could say that nothing he says has any value. Right? Yeah, like, that's I true. Mean, the fa- he could easily re- yeah, reverse could. this in a month. Yes, he could. Um, and right. so, I don't think he will, because this is who he really is. You know? This is who he's always been. Yeah. He's always been the guy that, ah, they're here, they're fine, don't worry about it, we need them. They're here. Just, uh, you know, leave them alone. Because Mitt Romney's policy on illegal immigrants was too severe for yeah. him. And he, wanted it, he wanted it softened. In 2013, he yeah. said that. Um, again, this is unbelievable. So I, I think you could honestly say that he may very well, if the people react poorly to this, uh, he may very well reverse it. So, hey, that's great. Um, however, it's just, this is pretty amazing. I mean, his Rest excuse easy. to be right is, t- is tough talk. 
made many of them leave and not yeah. come back. Mm-hmm. To and the point. So, to the point. Just to accentuate that for a second, Jeffy. To the point that in Dallas, Texas, right now, lawn care workers are having a hard time doing lawns. They're having to drop part of their workload because they uh, so many of their employees went back to Mexico at Christmas time and have not returned because they were afraid to. Yeah, that's how well the rhetoric worked was that it scared people into going home and staying there, which is what we've always so, said. Again, so what then, happened? And then his argument will be, they, so many didn't come back. The ones that are here, they obviously want to be here. Let them be here. But, that, but to this point, and you're both right, I think, completely on this. If that tough rhetoric worked... What does this rhetoric do? It does the opposite. It works as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, yes. It does. It, it, it works in the people, other direction. Eh, don't rest easy. Right. He said, rest easy was his quote. Yeah. Is that is that tough talk yeah. on immigration? No. no. No, it is not. Rest easy. That's that's Barack Obama <sighs> talk. So I mean, again, uh, I cannot give him credit for begin removing the more than two me uh, two million. No. I mean, he has. Uh, when you say begin removing, if he's removed one. You could say he's bega- begun right. to remove. So I don't know. And they have done a, some of that. Yeah, in, some of in that the, they have. But so did, so did Obama. So um, what? On other issues, Trump has kept front page promises, but with decidedly mixed results. The most significant of those is his pledge to suspend immigration from terror prone regions. Trump has done it twice, only to see his executive orders tied up in the courts. Well, I don't give him credit for that one. Yes, he tried to do it, but he said he would do it. This is an executive mm-hmm. order. Mm-hmm. So that means, along with that promise, is the competence to do it illegally. Right. You know, he, the, he, the fact that he wrote it down on a piece of paper and got no results out of it is not a kept promise to me. I, you know, that's nice. Uh, and he did try mm-hmm. to do it. Absolutely. He made it a top priority. However, he was not competent enough to get it done. Right. You know, I mean, I, that's the problem. And, and it may have been a bad ruling. It may have there may have been issues with it. However, still, uh, I can't give him that one. Um, the uh, let's see. Uh, Trump proposed a promise to impose a five year ban on White House and congressional officials becoming lobbyists after they leave government service. He kept the pledge for White House officials, but has, does not have the authority to tell Congress what to do. So, again, a partially kept but originally overbroad promise. I think that's about right on that one. Uh, you know, he, he did do it. Uh, but again, wasn't the, one of the main reasons uh, I think most people elected him. Uh, some promised Trump. Some promises Trump has openly chosen to break. He mm. promised to direct the secretary of the Treasury to label China a currency manipulator. Now he says he will not do so if China is helping the U.S. to solve the uh, North Korea issue. Uh, net result of Trump's promises involving executive authorities that he has done well when it comes to keeping the contract. Indeed, his two biggest successes of Trump's 100 days are on the front page of that contract. The Gorsuch nomination and Trump's executive or, uh, immigration executive order tightening controls on the Mex- Mexican border. We've seen a dramatic reduction in illegal migration across the southwest border. Homeland Security John Kelly said Friday, and Kelly is the one who also just said, uh, basically, again, rest easy, echoing the same content uh, as uh, as Trump. Mm-hmm. But uh, And Kelly was, uh, by the way, overly... Probably one of his most popular uh, appointments. I mean, Kelly was is a very well-respected guy. Uh, both sides of the aisle were pretty, hey, that was much better than a Michael Flynn. Um, uh, however, this is an important part. In fact, March apprehensions were 30% lower than February apprehensions and 64% lower than the same time last year. That's a huge, huge Same time last year, by the way, was Barack Obama. Right. So you have a, <laughs> right. So I mean, you know. it's a huge improvement. Only in a huge improvement, though, by the standard of, He's so far sold himself as tough on this. Mm-hmm. If he's now selling himself as not tough on it, that eventually will start to reverse. Yes. Unless he actually yes, does will. concrete things mm-hmm. to stop people from crossing. No, it's really bad. It doesn't look good right uh, now. From the feed, uh, NPA makes a really good point, though. Uh, yeah, 
but Trump. Yeah, I know. Well, that's, that's an interesting perspective I had not considered until yeah, now. And right. uh, wow, see, the Thank feed is goodness. always, always <laughs> right putting uh, really positive. Uh, that, and that's what we'll hear. That's what we'll hear. I mean, it, there is nothing this guy can do that is disillusioning to the Trump crowd for some reason. I, I don't. I'll never understand it. Yeah, one poll showed that 98% of Trump voters still felt still, good about the Trump vote. 98%? Come on! It's incredible. I mean, it, not, not, look, for no other reason in, in that, like, people just generally don't stay aligned like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, so it's, it's an impressive amount. He's kept the base going. I mean, he's, he's lost a lot of others. Um, and, and people who were, cons- you know, who were initially kind of came on board, his, his approval rating has ranged between the mid-40s and the high-30s. Yeah. Um, so, and he stayed pretty much in that range since he started. Um, they go through the, uh, the, you can get the article um, uh, at, uh, I think it's the Washington Examiner from Byron York, but he goes through all of the uh, other lists, uh, the, uh, the um, legislation. Executive orders? Uh, no, the le- he goes through the legislation. He, I just gave you the executive order. He goes through the legislation as mm-hmm. well. And it's one out of ten, basically. He gives him credit for... Potentially this this tax thing, um, which I do not. I mean, what him, tax thing? Uh, let me see if I can find this. Uh, uh, okay, uh, legislative front. While Trump has been, they've done nothing on taxes so far. He's failed to pass tax reform or, or any other significant piece of legislation. Now, look, the hundred day <laughs> uh, guideline is stupid. Right. Well, there's no point to it. It's self-imposed. It's an FDR thing. Mm-hmm. It's a really worthless standard. Um, right. However, he, of course, may, he, you know, played into that standard by saying he would do these things yeah. in the first hundred days. Um, he said, uh, you know, I'm missing the part where he talked about the tax part. But they, they, they basically they said, well, you know, look, he is going to introduce the outline of that this week. Um, that's, I think, supposed to come Wednesday. Now, to me, that's not enough. I mean, saying, OK, here's what I want. Well, he did that during the campaign. Um, so I don't know why that's a huge deal. I hope he sticks to the one in the campaign with the exception of the border adjustment tax, which it does seem like he's going for. But, I mean, his rates were nice. I, I do hope the rates stick. Um, you know, I hope uh, that is uh, passed by uh, Congress. And that would be a big that would be a big deal if he can get a yeah. uh, I think it was t- <clears throat> 10. Do you remember it was 10 uh, 0, 10, 15, 25, maybe for the rates? I think now. 25 is, that sounds right. Um, no, that sounds about right. It might be I think zero. it was three different rates, right? Yeah, I think it was. Three tiers. Um, and yeah. so 25% is... It and I know like, last year I paid 10000 more in taxes than I did the year before. So Hey, congratulations. Yeah, you're welcome. Did you feel more charitable? I, oh, man. Did you know you were helping people? I, oh... Like Chinese debt? I, I feel like I built at least three turtle tunnels. Oh my gosh. At least. Well, not, not for $10,000 you didn't. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> for $10,000 you didn't. Well, it was 10000 extra. Yeah, that's true. You know, then, so. Yeah, you probably did. Uh, uh, so it would be nice if the tax rate were less. Um, but I, I'm not going to hold my breath on any of these promises because he's just, he's, he's awful. Well, another big promise he's he made, he's gonna get, he was talking about getting out of NATO initially. They're obsolete. Le- re- just read along this quote for me. I, I, I can't comprehend how this can be said. And he can still be respected by his voters. Uh, again, I, I know. I, I don't, I, look at they, this. Yeah, but Trump, that's all it is. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll get some more uh, feedback from, from the feed to, to give us an argument here. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but Trump, they had, to, they had this quote from me that NATO's obsolete, but they didn't oh, say why this. it was obsolete. I was on Wolf Blitzer, very fair interview, the first time I was ever asked about NATO because I wasn't in government. People go, don't go around asking about NATO if I'm a building a building in Manhattan, right? So they asked me, Wolf asked me about NATO, and I said two things. NATO's obsolete, not knowing much about NATO. Now I know a lot about NATO. 
NATO's obsolete. And I said, and the reason it's obsolete is because of the fact that they don't focus on terrorism. You know, back when they did NATO, there was no such thing as terrorism. Well, it was not a fact. The mm. fact that they don't focus on terrorism is not a fact because they were focusing on terrorism that whole time. Yeah. And, like, I don't, like, as a presidential candidate, you should know that NATO isn't obsolete. You should know that. You should be aware Thank of that. You. Yes. Absolutely he, a requirement for just filing. Because he's not in government, he doesn't have to know anything right. about anything. Right. What is that? I mean, how how would we would could we get away with that? No. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not in government, so I don't know anything about taxes. I'm not in government, so I don't know anything about the border. I'm not in government, so I don't know anything about NATO. I'm not in government. I don't know anything about the Middle East. I'm not in government. I don't know anything about health care. What the hell is that? I don't know. Come on. And why would you accept that? And then you vote for the guy because yeah. he doesn't know anything about it because he hasn't been in government? This is the weirdest thing that's ever happened in mankind's history. And that is actually the the thing that bothers me second most out of that quote. It's one thing, like if we go to Jeffy and we say, Jeffy, tell us about uh, tell us about uh, the Rwandan genocide and the main players involved in that. And uh, you could give me a rundown on even what, what Jeffy the, could say the Hutus and the Tsetsis, right? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely <laughs> couldn't, right? But if I were to say to you, just tell me your opinion of the Hutus in that in that scenario. Now you probably oh, oh, listen. They're bad people, very bad people. And uh, is it the Hutus or is it it's the Tsetsis, right? So the point being that <laughs> if you're going to answer that, I actually first of all would like you to say, well, you know what? I don't know enough about that. That's the right answer. Of course, yeah, okay. It is. I've been yeah. working. In, I've been murdered in, in Manhattan buildings uh, my whole life. I'm not into the Hutus or Tutsis. Right. But okay. But let's just say you don't want to do that. You could also go. Look, I, you know, look. There is that's a terrible, a terrible, tragic. Uh, many, a many of intricacies. We've got mm-hmm. people yeah, looking uh, into that. We're working. Uh, we're, we're we're working on uh, you know uh, on how we can address situations like that in the future. And looking back on it, there's a lot to learn. But I think the important part is blah 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 blah. Right. You could do that. What you shouldn't do is take a <laughs> definitive position when you yourself admit right. you don't know anything about it. Yeah. Why and are you saying it's obsolete if you don't know anything about it? It's okay. Let's say in it's theory not to okay not, with him, No, though. it's not okay. It's, it's not. It's not okay to not know anything about it. But if you don't know anything about it, BS your way out of the answer and don't say a definitive all, thing. All you would have to say is, look, NATO's not perfect. We're going to... I'm, I'm going to look at that, and, and we're going to make it a, a better organization. Uh, totally fine. When I'm president, we're, it's, it's going to be a higher priority to, and we're looking into to all make options. sure that it runs at its optimal level. But, I mean, that's all you have to do, and, and they'll be fine with that because nobody cares about NATO. Yeah. The, me- the media doesn't care about NATO. You don't have to say it's obsolete. Right. It's, it's the equivalent of, of saying, hey, what do you think of Sarah in accounting? Oh, she's a rapist. Like, well, like, you, well, I've never met her. I didn't know at the time that she wasn't a rapist. I right. just said she was a rapist because right. I didn't know anything about her. Like, that is not an okay thing to do. No. It's, and that is his instinct every single time. It's what he always does. It's what he did with the abortion thing. Well, yeah. obviously the women should be charged and thrown in prison. Because <laughs> well, he had never thought of it before. I will say, as we go on, oh, the more time he has available so to think about these things, you'd expect less of these moments, right? Yeah. Like, he had a ton of them early in the campaign. 
Towards the end of the campaign, he had slightly fewer. And I think as president, he's had slightly fewer. He's slowly improving because now he has had these issues brought up to him um, Mm -hmm. and he's discussed them. But just that reflexive ability of him to just say anything about anyone and stick by it until it's convenient. I mean, think about at the moment when he said NATO was obsolete, he was getting beat up about it. And he said, look, it's just the truth. I don't care. Well, shut up. And as soon as, you know, six months later, mm-hmm. he says, oh, I didn't even know what I was talking about, by the way. I had never even heard of what, I, NATO. I, didn't, I thought it was somebody's name. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> and it's like, and everyone's like, oh, OK, well, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was prenatal care. Right? I, I didn't know. <laughs> I thought it was something about pregnancy. You, you can't ask what? me about something I didn't know. <laughs> hey, well, I'm not a woman. I don't know about pregnancy care. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's I, unbelievable. The, I mean, that's why they liked him. Right? That's one of the reasons that we liked that's him. Why they liked, they him. liked him because he's an ignoramus. The basics yes. about the job he, he was applying him. for. Unreal. Yes, he's not in government. They didn't like him. I'm telling you, it's incredible. I, I mean, I, 98 percent, 98 percent of people stick by. It's not. It's in. A, go ahead. I'm just. I, you're right. And it goes right along with what uh, NPA posted again, just reminding me. Okay. Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but Trump. Trump. Yeah, oh my, I never I mean, it, really it, thought wow, of that. Before. He really hit us. I know That's he hit us hard right. there. Wow. <laughs> this right, might hit right. too hard too. Uh, it's a report from the Environmental Working Group. Uh, they, they they are environmental and they worked on this really hard. And they mm-hmm. found out that 218 million Americans are exposed to cancer causing tap water. I yeah. mean. Tap water. You mm. can't even get that tap water right. Mm. Well, I mean, that's the government, I guess. It uh, is. We never know when another Flint, Michigan situation might happen again. Uh, Alexa Pure has come up with a solution for this. It's the Alexa Pure Pro water filtration system. Yeah, it removes up to ninety nine point nine 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 percent of contaminants from your drinking water. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why we can't. Uh, there must be something legal because nobody ever says one hundred percent. They don't. Sure. Dove is ninety nine point nine percent pure. Mm-hmm. And this removes 99.99. I think you have to allow for, but it well, virtually takes everything out of probably it. Probably smart. You, know. you allow for something, yeah. you know, but I mean, I, but yeah, right. It, they, it basically does everything. Uh, I mean, 99.9999. Actually, I think that's the highest I've ever seen. Yeah, that's 99.9999. Because that's I think the, because uh, the, the Lexapure also does a great uh, air filtration system. And I think theirs is 99.9997. Right. So right. it's even <laughs> higher than that. It's incredible. This is stuff we're talking about that can kill you. I mean, parasites, bacteria, lead, pesticides, pharmaceuticals, the dreaded chromium-6, arsenic, and more. Yeah, you don't want any of that in your drinking water. Each pro filter has a capacity of up to 5,000 gallons, so it just costs you pennies per gallon. Call 888-895-7746. That's 888-895-7746. Or online at getalexapure.com, and you'll save $20 off the retail price. 888-895-7746 or getalexapure.com. It's Pat and Stu, triple eight seven two seven Beck, and the lovely Jeffy, of course, who's uh, you know, monitoring the feed right now. You know, yeah. during the break, we were discussing uh, a little something that uh, you might find interesting, Pat. Yeah. Uh, from the feed, mm-hmm. uh, Pat is more upset and flabbergasted about Trump mm-hmm. than anyone. You know, that might be and- true, <laughs> and with good reason, I think. First of all, he's from our side, supposedly, and sh- and we should know better, right? I mean, I am so disgusted with people on the right for having voted for this guy. So, yeah, that that baffles me. In, you're talking How about did in the we primary, fall right? for him? Yes. In yeah. the primary. Yeah. Um, when we had 17 decent candidates. We, we had we had eight really good candidates 
and another six I could have voted for. Maybe seven I could have voted for. And one that Jeffy really... Uh, I mean, everyone goes without saying that Jim Gilmore should have uh, been in the front row. But, but because he's a Republican, <laughs> because he's a Republican, we should have known better. Should have known better. Plus, I don't know that I've ever seen a less informed person uh, run for president of the United States. I don't think I've ever seen it. I mean, he is, he is the least well-informed human being I've ever seen not only run, but win. I mean, how do you not know anything about, he doesn't know anything about NATO. He doesn't know anything about the nuclear triad. He doesn't know anything about um, uh, abortion. He doesn't know anything about anything that's important to me. He doesn't know anything. So how did this happen? How'd the man become a billionaire? It, it, yes, I'm flabbergasted well, by ne- it. They never asked yes. him about abortion when he was building a building. Right. Oh, that's Manhattan. true. That's true. So I mean, uh, that's his be- excuse for everything. I'm not a politician. And then that's supposed to ingratiate you to him. And it did. It worked. It right? did work. I, I, get, I mean, again, it, did it, work. it worked in the fact that he lost by 2.9 million votes. Uh, but I mean, he. But he again, won the presidency. He won the presidency. And, and good for him. I mean, can you give him a break, though, on the fact that, like, because this is a moment essentially from the campaign. And fairly early in the campaign where he's calling NATO obsolete, for example. And now he's saying, okay, now that I have the job and I'm taking it seriously and I'm here, I've talked to people at NATO and it's not obsolete. Can we, can we, is there any part of you, because I have, I struggle with this. Is there any part of you that gives him credit for coming around to saying, to the right conclusion in this case? No, because he, he flip-flops on anything at will. Yeah. I mean, he'll flip flop in yeah. anything. One of the one of the issues is though is he doesn't flip flop like he didn't flip flop on NATO because he stopped and spent a weekend uh, in his room in Mar a Lago thinking about NATO and what they've done and or studied read what's some, happening. Yeah, read twenty books happening. on it. Um, somebody from NATO was nice to him. Exactly, Jeffy. So he decided, you know what? Right. They're not that bad. You know what? You know what? And the same with China. China was this big, mm-hmm. evil, currency taking advantage, mm-hmm. cu- currency manipulator. They were nice to him. Yeah. Xi comes over here, is nice to him. Eats his cake. Now, nothing wrong with China. China's not a, they're not a manipulator. Nope. What it's are you incredible. talking about? I mean, it's unbelievable. It is a scary, it is unbelievable. scary lesson that the world is learning. Because they, you know. Why doesn't NATO's Putin great, do this? Putin should be doing this. Hey, I mean, he you did. know, that Donald Trump's still pretty good. But he, I mean, that's what he did to get his. In, that's his what great, he did in the, first place. in the first place. He needs to do it again, yeah. though. Yeah. Look at, look at. Tweet something about NATO's it. NATO's a great example. Go back and, and if you have time and you're <laughs> hey, really bored. Donald. Yeah. I, I guarantee it would work, <laughs> right? Is there any doubt in your mind if Vladimir no. Putin said, hey, Donald's doing some great stuff? The Don- President Trump looks great right now. Uh, he, very and, smart and guy. Very smart uh, guy, and his wife is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Putin, he's very smart. I said the same thing about this his wife. This day, he would be saying good things about Russia. Yep. This day, we would be backing off our stance, uh, trying to oppose what they're doing right now. Well, in look, the world. At, look at uh, NATO's <laughs> a great example. Just... Go back and watch the, uh, the uh, interview, if you dare, from CNN with the guy, the head of NATO, uh, aired last week or the week before. And they're like, well, you know, he said NATO was obsolete. Uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, here's the head of NATO, right? Mm. The guy who is in the middle of, of this and, and obviously believes is incredibly... Is it uh, an American that's the uh, head no, of NATO no. right now? No, he had a head thick accent, but yeah. I, I, I didn't catch his name. I was listening yeah. to it on the radio. Uh, but he goes, he says, uh, look, all I can tell you is what Donald Trump has said to me privately. And he said that NATO is very important. And he, he sees NATO as a very important contributor. And he made a that's, sensible point about NATO man. and attributed it, the intelligence 
to Trump. He gave Trump the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. Now, you know in reality Trump didn't come in here with this intricate view of what NATO was behind this. He just put words in his mouth that were not offensive, and he didn't say that. Like He, he, he gave him his points. I think what tr- he may have been trying to say is there are issues here, and of course we acknowledge that. But he said to us how important we are as a world player, and, and, and he really he has he is told us specifically he is dedicated to uh, making sure that NATO is a strong organization it's been for so many years. And, you know, we're talking about terrorism. He, he knows how important terrorism is. Now, what he said was, they're not fighting terrorism. Okay? But what the NATO guy said was, he knows how important fighting terrorism is, and he knows that our efforts uh, are important on that front, and he knows that we have to continue to fight. Like, so he makes, he takes Trump's awful comment that was yeah. inaccurate, uh-huh. flips it around, and makes it seem like Trump is the one driving the policy. Right. And what does that do? Trump now is completely flipped on, t- on NATO. Completely. Yep. And, and so China did it. NATO China did, did it. it. NATO did it. They're, it it uh, makes you wonder if Abu ba- al-Baghdadi uh, tweeted yeah, something yeah. nice about Donald Trump today. Yeah. Would he then be a friend of ISIS? I think he would. Yeah. I, I actually, <laughs> there's some evidence. Actually, what have they done you know to what? us? They haven't done anything. Trump, you know what? It Trump is way. right. There are some bad elements of our organization, <laughs> but overall, we agree on uh, a lot of principles. And Trump is doing a fantastic job. He, he'd be like, you know what? You We're know not bombing what? ISIS anymore. You know what? Those those guys are, uh, what are they? Freedom fighters. Because that's what he loves, man. He loves it. <laughs> he, he loves he it. He freaking loves it. Loves the the adoration, yeah. and if you're willing to give it to him, he will he will go a long way. He will in reality, and and so I, I, I'm just afraid of like first of all, I'm afraid of two things. One that already world leaders seem to have already discovered this. That if you are nice to him and you say good things about him publicly, it's pretty easy to figure out, man. It doesn't that, take much noodle that. However, I am terrified <laughs> that Democrats will learn it. They're so uh. dumb. That they are doing the exact opposite right now. Right. And they're acting as right. if he's a freaking, you know, serial killer. If Chuck Schumer starts saying nice things about him, we are in trouble. Uh, we're going to have Obamacare for the rest of our lives. I mean, you know, uh, if out. he starts coming out and saying, look, I, I, a lot of people are saying bad things about Trump on this health care thing. But I can tell you, he's personally assured me that he, he wants to help the poorest among us. Now, we might have slightly different ways of getting there, but he is willing to look at the proposals we're making. And this guy is making great strides. We shouldn't strides be even saying that al- to, out loud. I know. But he, if, Except I think you're right. They're too stupid and pig-headed. There's to, yeah, wait, Schumer, Schumer would have, already, invest, they're Schumer not would have already tried this. Yeah, they're not going to do it. Gorsuch would have been a great time to do it. You know, Gorsuch would have been a great time to do it. Because if you go to, like, you you know, it it was so obvious. And they wouldn't even do that. They wouldn't even do that. He was so calm and so level-headed and so reasonable. Amazing. 888-727-BECK. More patents, too. Is inevitable. Ooh, the Jeffy segment's coming up. It's one of my favorite segments of the show. You know, Jeffy has told me privately that he's going to start doing good work on the show. And and make sure that he says informed statements about the news. (laughs) That'll be nice. Is that possible? Patents to triple eight seven two seven back. Hey, did Bill Nye get schooled by an actual scientist on on climate change? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did see this. This is kind of cool. Um, yeah. Over the Earth Day weekend. Oh, it was. Yeah, Princeton. we forgot about Earth Day on Saturday. Yeah. We didn't even celebrate that. I, I might. I did. 
You, did you yeah. have the Earth oh, Day man. tree out? We celebrated. Yeah. We celebrated. I rotated uh, different Earth Day pictures on the screens in Blaze Radio uh, Studio during Good. my show. Oh, Saturday. yeah, I saw so, I saw one on not, Saturday. You so had the panda out. I, yeah, yeah, the panda was the first hour, yeah. and then we did some flowers, and then we did. Uh, we topped off the last hour with dancing penguins. So, I mean, the celebration was wild. Yeah. So, but, Sound, I mean. Sounds it. Yeah, it was <laughs> wild. They had a whole picture of a, Hello. a panda yes. and some other stuff. So. On the biggest screen in the studio. You're welcome. Very impressive, uh, Jeffy. Very impressive. Mm. Uh, anyway, here's uh, Bill Nye getting schooled, apparently, by uh, a, a skeptic on climate change. And if you observe what's happening to, for example, the temperature, the temperature is not rising nearly as fast as the alarmist computer models predicted. You know, it's much, much less. It factors of two or three less. So the uh, whole basis for the alarmism is not true. It's, it's based on flawed computer modeling. That's completely wrong. And you don't vote on so, that. You know, enjoy, you know, say what you will, but you have it absolutely wrong. So uh, um, what happened to that heat? And he's no, cherry he picking a certain model. The heat ended no. up in the ocean. This is this is not controversial in mainstream science, everybody. No. That's their so big let's. The heat ended up in the ocean. Everyone to look at the facts. <laughs> We've got an extraordinary situation here in the United States where climate change deniers call him on that. Managed to introduce the idea that some uncertainty, say two percent plus or minus two percent about the temperature of the ocean, is somehow equivalent to plus or minus one hundred percent. Now, everybody, science is political. We use politics to decide where to invest our intellect and treasure. But when it comes to climate change, that is not controversial in the scientific community any yes, more it is. than you may oh, yes, it is. to the law of universal gravitation. So, sir, with some let him respect, talk again? I encourage you to cut this out so that we can all move forward such and make the United bag. States a Jeez, world leader. Stand in technology. What we want are advanced wind turbines, advanced photovoltaics, advanced solar uh, concentrated uh, energy plants. And everybody, if we were to do that, we would have at least three million new jobs in the United States that could not be outsourced. We would not need to have a military on the other side of the world defending people call our oil. We could move forward and we could export this technology. We could be world leaders in this instead of wringing our hands and and cherry picking data and pretending that this problem that's obvious to the scientific community is somehow not obvious to you. Let's turn so everybody else's mics let's off. Let's get to work. Love, will, My let parents me, were in let World me ask this question. They let solved me, a global problem in, in five years. Shut let's up. Go. Good golly. Okay, that said he schooled him. I mean, it was no, mostly nigh responding. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and and so, <clears throat> you know, he's blatantly lying there. Um, blatantly. Uh, I just sent Marissa, I don't know if I sent you, I sent you a picture of the actual models of, of what they predicted as far as warming. and what the, the ones you made up? Were. No, they, and he said he's talking about one model, like, Bill Nye does... They cherry-pick. That, that's the essence of what these guys do. But again... The climate change guys are always cherry-picking data. Bill Nye does not even seem to be aware of what the scientist is talking about. Nope. He's talking about a, I don't know, well-reported uh, group of models. Not one model. Mm-hmm. No, a, a ton of models. I it's mean, like 98 I, show, models. Yeah, we'll show you the, the whole graph here, uh, if, if it's possible. Uh, I don't know, Marissa, if you could let me know. Uh, oh, we're going to have it here in a second. Uh, this, is, this is not cherry-picking one model. 
Uh, it's not even close to that. It's the exact opposite of it. This unbelievable excuse mm-hmm. that the heat they predicted went into yeah. the ocean. And that's the amazing thing. What the hell are you talking? Do you so, not know how? Okay, you don't know how the climate works, mm-hmm. and but we're still supposed to believe everything you're saying yeah. about the climate? You don't even know that the heat will wind up in the ocean instead of the air. What he is referring to. Is they were talking about air temperatures, by the way. They weren't talking about water temperatures. No, yeah, so he was. what he's referring to is their retroactive excuse as to why they missed the pause. Yeah, it would so, be 200 degrees warmer if that went into the atmosphere instead of the ocean. Right, so what they, so what they basically <laughs> what? said, retroactively, after they told us they had the consensus right. down, right. was to say, hey, guys, we, the reason why we got all these things wrong is because we didn't realize how the ocean would react to climate change. And by the way, we, we've played that many times mm-hmm. on, the, on the radio. It's where the guy says that uh, th- it would be 200 degrees hotter had they not, yeah. had the t- warming not occurred in the ocean instead of the air. It's so absurd. Uh, it's unbelievable. Um, here's so a here, here, group of models. Here's the models. Now, this is not one model. That, this, they call these spaghetti charts because they lo- it looks like a bunch of strands of spaghetti. It is 90, 90 models. models. 90 freaking models. Models. You look at it, it goes from 1983 to I think this is this is most updated 2013-ish. Um, but you see that the bottom two lines uh, there, the UA, you see it labeled UAH lower troposphere and had CR2 yeah. or CRUT uh, for surface. Um, those are the two different measurements of temperature. Now you'll always hear the left talking about the 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 top line there um, from the Hadley Center, which is a uh, is the more aggressive, shows more warming. The UAH lower troposphere is the satellite measures. Although um, both of them have some leveling out, which they never predicted. Right. And so, if what, yeah, what you see there, though, is from 1983, less warming than every single... 88 of 90 models. 88, 97.8% of models. Uh, this is... Uh, it, it showed <laughs> less unreal. warming. Or it showed more warming than actually happened. Now, that is an incredible amount. If you see, uh, almost all the warming happened before 2000. Uh, 1998 is the one we always talk about. So you talk um, about cherry picking. That, that, they are the very definition of cherry picking, whatever they want to back up their argument. It, I mean, that is, that's mind-numbing. It's not, I mean, that is not one model. Not one. And again, like, that's what he says. And do you think anyone goes back and looks at this, of no, course not. They just built, believe Bill they just, Nye. Wow, yeah, because he Nye says it with certitude, right? And the lady in the bottom and left him corners, going, "No, yep, yep, he's right, yep, 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 yep." Oh, oh, what he said, yep, yep, yep. It really is. Uh, he's not a science guy, but he's he's a performer. And he's performing really well yep, right yep, now. Yep, 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 yep. More patents too coming up in a second. Yeah, 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 unreal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here are some stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Welcome to Pat and Stu. Today is National Pigs in a Blanket Day, so I'd like to have uh, producer roll them in. Please, exactly. uh, a little plate just of uh, go ahead and bring them in pigs now. in a blanket. Just roll them on Pipe, in. Piping Marissa, hot and ready to go. National of Pigs in a Blanket mm. Day. Mm. Doesn't seem to be happening. Sad yeah. news in Japan, though, that I hope does not reach here. A uh, big compromised uh, crop of potatoes in Japan. 
Uh, potato chips are missing on the shelves. What happened? Bags are selling for like $14 or more for potato chips. Uh, they, Why? The island was hit by uh, typhoons, or whatever they call them over there, hurricanes. Um, no, it's a typhoon and, over there. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. by more than one. And so the potato crop was left Like recently? Doomed. Yeah, this past year. Mm. So they've halted the stop of, uh, they've halted making a bunch of potato chips. They've, they're considering... Are potato chips big in Japan? <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're I really mean, good. I'm, Pat. I'm pretty, sure, one, really I'm good. pretty yeah. sure potato chips are big all over, but all right. I could be mistaken. Sure. Even in Antarctica. And they're hmm. they're considering uh, they want their potato farmers to you know let's uh, let's get the crop early because uh, apparently they don't want to import them from the U.S. I would say U.S. potato farmers should be dropping off boatloads. Man, here you go. Yeah. Well, I can tell you uh, that we do potatoes right here. Uh, potato chips, in particular, we're good at them. So <laughs> right. I chips. think we invented them. There's some salmonella thing, too, going around with that, too. Or was, it, was it a jalapeno kind of chips? Ooh, I'm not look, sure about that one. Look that one up if you're Very about to eat jalapeno chips. <laughs> and also, uh, time, most time, uh, Aaron Moran. Remember Aaron Moran from Happy Days? Yeah. She died this past weekend. Oh, really? 56 years old. What, what happened to her? Rest in peace. Well, she was, uh, we don't really know exactly what the cause of death was yeah. they were uh, alerted to a woman in female in distress at the trailer park in uh in indiana and uh the, she lives in a trailer park at the trailer park in indiana and uh they came and uh, they realized it was her and they couldn't resuscitate so she's dead oh, uh, yeah really she was well, her and her husband were kicked out of the home in la they, that was foreclosed on so then they went to live with his mom and uh, she's been uh, taking care of her. Holy cow. And I guess the last couple of months, she's been kind of a recluse. So that could be a sign that maybe Aaron was. I believe it's a recluse, but uh, whatever. Uh, well, she okay, was a recluse. So... That's what she's, she was in Indiana, Pat. I mean, okay. come on, right. it's Indiana. That's, uh, that's sad. And it's <laughs> it is sad. very sad. Does too. she have more residual money from Happy Days uh, than not that? Not a lot. Huh. Wow. Patton Stu and uh, Jeffy, 888-727-BECK is phone number in case you wanted to call or say hi. Can, can we all agree that millennials suck? Is that, is that okay? To, we can <laughs> I, say that, right? I think pretty, no, you I, know, can, I can say it at least because I am a millennial, as you know. Uh, as one, of the one first. source said, it extends to 1976, mm-hmm. so you glummed onto that. And, well, it's, uh, I would say not some source, the source. On which, was, which was the organization uh, that cited this particular study. <laughs> <laughs> said 1976, and I was born uh-huh. in February of, of 1976. Making me one of the first millennials. Yeah. Um, I think we can come together even Maybe the very first. Mm-hmm. Maybe. 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 Maybe there were no millennials born the month before. We know we I was know. a millennial. Does anyone know anyone before, <laughs> born before me that was a millennial? Probably no. not. No. So I may be the first. Um, and I would say, generally speaking, they, they suck. Um, now, that's a, a little unfair, because there's certainly many great ones. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they have done one thing I think might actually be, uh, they, there's a trend emerging that might actually be positive among, <laughs> among millennials. Um, the idea is, apparently, millennials are saying, eh, 
Yeah, diamonds, uh, spending money on diamonds, isn't that kind of dumb? And I, I'm kind of with him yeah. on this, uh, yeah. and I have been for a while. Um, the idea that diamonds um, should be something that we spend two months' salary on is actually not a law um, or even a recommendation of any sort. It's just a marketing Well, board. it is a recommendation on the part of the, I believe it's the National Jewelry Association or something like that. Do you like have that? to be a jeweler? Uh, no. To no, you participate do not. in the no, national? They no, they're not as stringent as realtors. So um, here's the uh, you're seeing the, here's a chart uh, for you. Percent of females who own any diamond jewelry, top four diamond markets, 2015 millennials, 62 uh, percent in the U.S., 76 percent of non-millennials. Right. So you're seeing this uh, it, this trend play out. China and India is about even, but Japan and the United States in particular, huge differences in the amount of millennials that have decided to get uh, diamond jewelry. Uh, uh, to me, obviously, all jewelry is stupid. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Um, oh. Yeah. Is there something wrong, Jeffy? Are you okay? Or are you just I grunting? I can't believe that. Are you uh, I mean, like a jeweler or something? What, do you, what is your deal? I, am, I, could be a, I could be a proud member of the National Association of Jewelers, yes. <laughs> do you have to be a jeweler to be a member of the National Association of Jewelers? No, you don't. No. But for realtors, that is the case, <laughs> right? It is, it is the case for realtors. Tour, Only realtors can be members of the National Association of Realtors. Okay. I'm, glad, I'm glad we got that cleared up. <laughs> um, I think, though, a lot of this has to go to sort of the <clears throat> same... Like, it's not the same reasons that I would have. Like, to me, I always said... When I, went, when I went and I bought um, jewelry for my wife, and I have over the years, obviously, wedding rings, engagement rings, God only knows what I thought else. you didn't like jewelry. I don't. <laughs> and so I, what I would say is I, was, I remember walking in there to buy the, the wedding ring the first time and the engagement ring and thinking to myself, like, this c- could literally be worth a dollar. I'm spending, God only knows, absolutely. thousands yeah. of dollars yep. on this thing that I have absolutely mm-hmm. no way of knowing if it's even real. Well, the National Association of Jewelers uh, tells tells you what's, yeah. what's exactly, but they can tell me anything. Just like yeah. when you get your car fixed, I have no idea what's color, wrong with my car. Color, and clarity, right? And they give you all the ratings <laughs> and all the numbers. Clotting, clotting, and they also have the clotting, National clotting, Association clarity. of Jewelry appraisers inside yeah. the National Association of Jewelers. So. Oh, I'm, I'm excited, and I hope to you're hear good. More. They're not going <laughs> to lie to you. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I know. Not going to lie. But that, to you. that's all you do. Like, the markup just, on jewelry is about three thousand percent, if I remember my uh, numbers correctly. And you're fully relying on. Uh, there's no real value to it, right? It's just whatever. And this is the yes. same with everything yes. in, in a way. In, it's but only it's the value especially that we true. To it. Something you just wear on your hand, right? right? And so what I and I, I went down this road. I was thinking to myself, well, what if I'm spending thousands of dollars? On this thing that's not even re- like, let's just say it's cu- cubic zirconium, right? Let's just say it's mm-hmm. not even a real diamond at all. I just got a shady jeweler, and he totally screws me. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to my think, think of my, I thought to myself, it's actually the best outcome because in reality, there's no real value here anyway. I'm just spending money on nothing. The only mm-hmm. way it matters if it's valuable is if she divorces me, and in that case, I hope it's worth nothing. <laughs> so good for you. I hope they actually screwed me, and I got nothing out that of it. Might be wrong. What do you mean? Well, if, if she divorces you, mm-hmm. and we find out that the ring you purchased for her is a cheap knockoff, right? You're gonna have to make up the difference, bro. No, I don't I'm know not. if you ever been through a divorce, but you're making up the difference. <laughs> Has this happened to you? You Jeff? are making up the difference. <laughs> I'm just telling you. You are making up the difference. Really? Yes. That's interesting. Holy crap, you make up the difference. Sounds like there might be a story behind that, or at least he's alluding to the fact that there might be a story behind that. Would you Would you like to advance this storyline at all right here? I'm just telling you, Stu. You know he's not going to. Can you imagine? 
Can you imagine what went on in the JP divorce hearings? I cannot. We were talking about the Alex Jones ones I know. that are going on this right now. This has got to be his did you actually to be go so to, much worse. Did you go to like trial, or was it just, did you guys just settle or whatever? Because your I wife... Know, we went in front of a judge. This, did she take you for everything, absolutely everything you ever had? We well, he didn't have judge. anything. No we, no, we went in front of a judge. It was a good time. The Alex Jones stuff has been in, incredibly... Amazing. Yeah, Alex oh, had a little bit more watch. cash than I did. It's probably more fun than we even dreamed it yes. would be. It's sad, too, because it shouldn't be. Yes, There's children no, it involved, yes, and, it's, and, and we've acknowledged it a thousand times. But it's like, and it to put just, it out in front of the world like that, that they're both out Well, of because minds. the thing about Alex Jones is he exists in a, uh, a world in which nothing he has to say Nothing he says has to have any connection to truth. Yeah. Right? Like, so he, every day he goes on the air and blurts out a thousand things that are false. Right? Um, and I'm asking, that's an estimate there. But then he, what happened? Oh, and can we show that behind Jeffy? Um, then we, uh, uh, wait, get it, the, get the, yeah, right, so far, Alex no. Jones, too. Yeah, we, yeah. Can we have Alex Jones in the background? We don't need to go to Jeffy until we have the Alex Jones thing. Because yeah. then mm-hmm. Jeffy can match the pose. The issue here, okay, there we go. now we have All right, it, of course. Right, it. One second after, right? There you go. <laughs> that is uncanny. You turn a little bit more. It really is. Yeah, go, back up just a little go bit forward. You're so we can see you both. No, other way, other way. Go forward. Go forward. Oh, forward, yeah. Go forward. 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 Okay. Forward. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay, now turn a little bit towards the camera. A little bit towards the camera. Right about there. Now a little bit more towards the camera. There you go. There you go. I mean, it's almost identical. <laughs> that is I mean, amazing. With the exception of you're in better shape than Alex Jones. It is almost well, identical. I've mean, got to start taking some Athletics, Athletically overweight. Well, I mean, that's clearly I'm 99.9% athletically yeah. overweight. Um, but the issue with the Jones hearing, which I find to be interesting, is that he has now been put into a situation where he cannot blatantly lie all the time. Yeah. So, like, this has happened twice with him recently. First of all, Pizzagate. Because now he's a big enough figure that people are suing him. He had to come out and publicly apologize to the owner of uh, Comet Ping Pong in Washington, D.C. and say, uh, mm-hmm. oops, I didn't mean that. And then secondly, this situation with his wife in which he's come out, and, you know, in the yeah. middle of this hearing, when he's talking about how he's supposed to be the stable individual. Is there an actual individual. video on this? No, there's no video oh, from okay. inside the trial. They, they won't yeah. even let, now they've actually So he said this inside the trial? Uh, I don't know what this is. I haven't said anything. The 150? No, that's, uh, he said that on a video he released yeah, that's this the, weekend. We need that. Oh, yeah, that does exist for we sure. We need to play that. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Um, so as he said, he slept with 150 women before he was 16 years old. 150 which, women by the time he's 16. Like, what you're talking about is one of the largest... I'm not bragging. I'm, this is no brag. I don't want to brag. I hate to brag, but I, I'm not bragging. But I slept with 150 women by the time I was 16 years old. Nobody believes that. No. Nobody. no if you, obviously not. I don't no. believe you slept with 1.6 women by the time you were 16. Yeah. I, I may believe that. No. And, and by I the way, he says that. many of them are older. We're probably talking about one of the largest instances of statutory rape in American history, if what he's saying is true. Well, if yeah. it's true. But what, what to him, it's true. It's all college To real apparently. people, it's the, you know, the magazines that were out when he was 16 uh, every year came out with their college editions, and those don't count as real people, Alex. <laughs> Those were the college girls he was having a relation yes. with. Yeah. Yes, those don't count as real people. That I would point. believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would believe it too. So uh, it's interesting to watch him uh, blabber on about it, and 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 because he's an actor, his wife is alleged he's just acting on the air. No, no, uh, she wife, says yeah. he's crazy. Yeah. He his says lawyer he's says mm-hmm. he's acting. It's disappointing that the judge didn't realize who Alex was at the time, 
and was uh, caught off guard by all the media coverage. So now she's banned all the, I know you were getting there, she's yep. banned all the live tweeting uh, during the courtroom. She gave everybody, had the, uh, the court gesture passed out his uh, notepad and pencil to everybody. So she also that, uh, did something great because one of the days last week, he couldn't remember like what grade his kids are in. And he's supposed to be this <laughs> in father. In one of the depositions. I, I can't remember. And, and the reason he couldn't remember was because he just had chili that for lunch. He had chili for lunch. Wait, what does chili have to do with your memory? Anyway, something. And then the next day in the afternoon session, <laughs> the judge started it by saying, you haven't eaten any chili today, have you? <laughs> <laughs> So good. <laughs> great. Um, it's it's interesting so though great. because I don't. I mean, I don't know anything about his wife uh, or what whether the validity of her claims. The only one I can judge uh, fairly, I think, is is he faking? And and Jones, I think, is lying when he says he, he's not. Uh, you know, he's saying it's an act and I it's and he's so, a too. performance artist. And you know, he's trying to come up with a just. He's trying to walk this line, right? He has. He's mm. saying to the courts. Everything I'm doing is fake. You know, a lot of it is fake. You know, when I go over the top like that, it's I'm fake. I'm putting on a show. I'm putting mm-hmm. on a show. I'm a performance artist. And then he's saying to his audience, uh, well, look, Everything's real. Everything's real, except when I do these skits. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not what anyone is referring to. In fact, they gave specific instances of things that he did. They were not skits. Right. Mm-hmm. They were him yelling at people passing by, threatening others. Uh, all this, you know, I was definitely over the top, but it was not that him in a mask, which I guess he does occasionally. Like, he'll paint his face and do a funny sketch, quote-unquote funny sketch. Um, that's not what we're talking about here at all. And so he's trying to convince his audience that's what they mean. They're trying to say I'm a performance artist just because I, make, I, I paint my face. <laughs> and in reality, his wife is saying, no, actually, he believes all this crap, and this is who he is, and he's doing this in front of my children. Mm-hmm. And that one, blatantly, she's right on. I mean, you know, he, he is, it's not a performance artist. He really believes this crap. Can you do this? Can you do this pose, Jeffy? Oh, yeah, let's, let's get this pose behind Jeffy and mm-hmm. see if you can pull this look off. You have to move to your you got right, And Jeffy. then move, move, your, uh, to take my move, shirt your, move your podium for a second. No, you don't have to turn it No, we, we don't need it to be that realistic. <laughs> but move your podium out of the way, and okay. let's just... Okay, now you got to move to your move the podium out of the way. Slide, can you slide I can't, the podium? No, because the wheels are stuck and they get uh, mad at me when I move. Okay, move to your right. Move to your right. Right, 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 right. Then now do it. You're gonna get closer to the camera. Come closer to the camera. I don't want to move. Yeah, I know. I know it's tough. Walk towards. Oh yeah, here we go. We can do it from the side here. Will it be up? Okay. There we go. Let's see. Let's try. There we go. There we go. Now take. We gotta get Alex Jones' face in there too. We gotta get Alex's face. There we go. I mean, this is almost identical. <laughs> Come a little closer to the camera, Jimmy. Almost out of focus. If your shirt was off, this would yeah, be chilling. It would be Stop saying you need your chilling. shirt off. Go to your right a little bit. A little bit to your right. And then a little closer. Stand up high, t- taller, though, because you're out of the light. Uh, a little closer. Keep coming. <laughs> Keep coming. Up, 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 up to your right. To your right. Up, up, up. And you're just not quite well lit enough. No. Hold on. Darn right it. If you were lit well, that would be, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to tell who was lit. Right, go back. Who, let's, let's try who's one more time. Who's so memorized? Come back one more time. Get close. No, no. Go, it's okay. It's okay. This is going to be good. Go ahead. Go over here and get close. This is, come on. Come. Social media, my friend. This is going to be huge. Oh, okay. Get closer. 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 So it's like about the same size. A little closer. A little closer. Now. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. That yes. Did that work? <laughs> yes. I mean, this is almost identical. Can you snap a photo of that and uh, send it out yeah, on, on, let's see. Let's see. on the Twitters or, uh, or uh, the, the Snapgrams or whatever? The Snapgram, that's what we were going <laughs> to Stay right there, stay right there, Jeffy. There you go. Come on. There we go. Okay, got it. Let's go into Snapgram right, right now. 
<laughs> sign up to our uh, new Snapgram. Face Snap uh, is coming uh, right right in just a minute. Okay, uh, pretty now, close. So now what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, no. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to go back to the millennials. Yeah, because that's, that's what where got where this all started. Too. Right. Because uh, I have a story here also that ties in a little bit with the under 35s who are at a loss when it comes to a basic do-it-yourself, with many unable to uh, change a light bulb or repair a fence, according to a new survey. Okay, they can't change so, a light bulb. They can't. I mean, they're having a tough time with any of the little home do-it-yourself projects. Well, so do I. But I can change light. <laughs> <laughs> but I, one in five blame their parents for not telling them how to do those these basic tasks. That's because they were playing too many video games to even be bothered by their, their parents trying to teach them anything. The Census Bureau also shows some pretty amazing data about how many of these millennials between 18 and 34 live with their parents. Um, in 2015, 24 million young adults, that's one in three, lived with mom and dad. 24 million, one in three millennials live with their mom and dad. Uh, wow. Wow. That is sad. 31% of young people live with their parents. 27% live with a spouse. And... Uh, it's amazing. So more people live with their parents than are married and living with their with their spouse. Jeez. Uh, while 26% of young adults did live with their parents in 75, 57% then lived with a spouse. So this thing is completely flipped upside down. Um, the proportion living with a spouse has decreased 30 percentage points over the past 40 years. They're just... Uh, I, I, either they're not interested in getting married or they're... You know, so inept that they can't find anybody who wants to be married to them. Jeffy? Right. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit of both, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like, you know, if, you know, Jeffy's not only married, but has been married 13, how many times? Mm-hmm. Um, several times. And mm-hmm. you guys live with um, her parents, so uh, you can relate to this. Yeah, so you actually be involved <laughs> in this statistic. Um, and he, Jeffy uh, is, in a, a way. Actually, no. Well, uh, what do you mean, no? Well, do like you or do you not live with Amber's parents? Yes, they yes. live with us. Oh, oh, oh that's how I we're going to spin it. <laughs> I guess any twenty-four-year-old could say the same thing. My parents, yeah, my parents live, live with live, me. I let them live with me mm, in the house here. Um, now, Jeffy actually is a millennial as well. He's just a eighteen hundreds into the nineteen hundred millennial. Right. Um, so you talk, been, about being, you talk about being the first millennial. He's a millennial in the fact that he's been alive for a millennium. Right. <laughs> Did you see that the, fir- the last person alive in the eighteen hundreds passed yeah, away? Yeah, just died. Oh, yeah, very just passed. Away. Last one. Oh no! So well, lost last one that her, recognized her. Mm-hmm. her. How so? She would have been. She was like eighteen ninety nine. Yeah, she's one hundred seventeen years old. Shh. Last one. One seventy. What was she like, Jeffy? I mean, I know you knew her. Well, she was good uh, when she was younger. Ooh, party! <laughs> really? Yeah, I was surprised that she lasted that long. But who knew partying was good for you? She were probably a little too old for her when it came down to. Oh, her dad was pissed. Anyway, <laughs> keep in mind when she was 95, she still had 22 years of life left. Right. Isn't that amazing? That is wow. Absolutely incredible. It's astounding. All right, more patents too coming up in a sec. I say the same thing about Jeffrey though. Well, yeah. Absolutely astounding. Absolutely. Uh, you know what else is astounding? Uh, your phone company uh, giving money that you pay them to, you know, uh, different organizations. 
that undermine your beliefs. You know, you spend a lot of time, assuming you're here on The Blaze, it's not just for our pretty faces. It's because you actually care about uh, issues and uh, real principles. And if you are paying money to a company that's giving that money to organizations that are helping the left or some crazy progressive cause. Stop it. That You should probably stop that. Yeah. Stop it mm-hmm. right now. And go to Patriot Mobile instead because they offer nationwide talk and text, high speed 4G LTE data and really great prices, too, that are lower than what you're paying now. And then they'll donate up to five percent of your monthly bill to a conservative organization that you choose. Now, here's uh, all the stuff that you need to know, because it's not just enough to support conservative values. You need to get a good quality phone company as well. So here's the things they're going to do for you. They're going to buy out your current contract with credits up to $500 per line and $1,500 per account. You can keep your phone number. You can get great nationwide coverage, and you can support the conservative values we're talking about. Plus, you can get a free iPhone 5S or Galaxy S5 when you sign up for a $45 monthly unlimited talk text and data plan it just that's unheard of really or you could choose from a lot of the other great phones that they have too uh 10 off for any military veteran uh, first responder and their families and they're going to waive the 35 dollar activation fee if you do something for them and there's always a catch isn't there yeah yes you have to use the promo code pat and stew if you oh, don't use promo code pat and stew you're going to stop paying that, that extra 35 it's bucks too hard how do i spell it p-a-t-a-n-d-s-t-u wow you're really good at that all one word i think yeah, I think, it, I think it is. So go to PatriotMobile.com slash Pat and Stew. PatriotMobile.com slash Pat and Stew or 1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. So I just retweeted a photo of Jeffy next to Alex Jones's face. Um, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty it's amazing. Uncanny. We need to get a little more red, as Pat pointed out, because uh, he, he, Jeffy doesn't look quite as like I've just had a mental breakdown. Right. He, you know, uh, I mean, again, oh, once yeah, again, no. your picture is objectively. You are objectively more attractive than Alex Jones. <laughs> like I, that's not even. I'm not even putting my own thing into that. It's, mm-hmm. it's blatantly true. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't even take male vitality uh, supplements. Imagine if you did. Well, not his. Okay. But anyway, uh, go so, ahead. <laughs> um, I love this tweet from, uh, from Michael. Um, Holy crap, Jeffy advancing slowly on the camera with the Alex Jones face is the creepiest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, there's a new uh, John Lithgow, Selma Hayek movie coming out uh, that I think you're going to uh, probably not like. Uh, it vilifies... Some Trump-like character, and it hails immigrants. Here's, oh, a, no. here's a peek at that fun, 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 fun movie. This is my dear friend, Beatrice. Hi. Nice to meet you. Beatrice is a healer. I do massage, sound therapy, Reiki. This woman is a saint. It's like birds fly out of the sky and land on her shoulder. Aw. It's like Snow White. Can I uh, get another bourbon, hun? Oh, no, Doug, this is Beatrice. She's staying for dinner. Oh, you were hovering. I just figured you were part of the, the staff. Do I know you? Doug's famous. He's been on the news. I don't know why. I think I know you. Ever dance in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having us at your stunning home. I couldn't be more pleased at how smoothly this whole process has gone. Alex, if any of those efforts were illegal, I do not know you, nor was I even here tonight. <laughs> Neither was I. And it's my house. Yeah. I'd just like to say to Kathy and Grant, thank you for having me. When I first came to the United States a long time ago... Did you come legally? Yes. 
Oh, this tenderloin was amazing. So is the fish, so buttery. So, dog, you build hotels. I just own them. I always had inside me the desire to be a healer. Good for you. You're working. You're contributing. <laughs> We're going to South Africa in a couple of days. It's true what they say. Those animals would basically be gone if it wasn't for the hunting. I don't consider it murder. It's like this original dance of man and beast. The struggle for survival. Are you for real? You killed this... You think it's funny? I think it's sick. Think healing is hard? Try healing. You can break something in two seconds, but it can take forever to fix it. Sounds like you have a pretty tough job. I think that fate brought us together. For what? I don't know. Revenge, maybe? You think that you can hide up here behind these gates and that everything is going to be all right? The world doesn't need your feelings. It needs jobs. It needs money. It needs what I do. The world doesn't need you. Doug is a great philanthropist. Shut up, Gus. Hi, Chihuahua. Okay, you're, you're done. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you very much. <laughs> what were you thinking? My relationship with that guy paid for this house. I kind of feel like I don't even know you. You don't know me. This can't possibly end well. I mean, that, that looks objectively terrible. Yeah, it uh, does. To use that same and uh, speaking of which, uh, Selma Hayek's changed a little. In, in what way, Pat? I don't know. It just doesn't look uh, acting shops is yeah, uh, maybe improved. Maybe or? a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the effort. <laughs> this is how you win uh, awards, by the way. When you're a very attractive person yeah. and you make yourself yeah. not look attractive. Yeah, um, you're going for an Academy Award. You're going for an Academy. Charlie Stern did that yeah, in Monster, Monster Ball or Monster, Monster mm-hmm. whatever that was called. Which was, yeah. by the way, very good. Uh, is it? She, and she was great in that movie, but she doesn't look anything like. No, I've never seen it. Now, Charlize Theron obviously is going to win an Oscar for Fate of the Furious, but that was a different, uh, <laughs> different role. Obviously, a different. Well, the way she made the cars go off with the iPad, she made that yeah. look so real. It was she was really well, good in that. Really happened, so yeah, she made. And it look there's real. Selma. Uh, she created the technology, which I thought was kind of notable. Yeah, whatever. Did she create the technology? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. First of all, mm-hmm. yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a. All right, there you go. Um, so I, I'm interested in this because we also have another trailer. This is um, Silence of the Lambs, um, mm. which you may have heard. But what if it wasn't um, uh, like a serial killer movie? What if it was a romantic comedy? I like when people try to do this. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But someone attempted to do like when they did Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah, I don't know why, <laughs> but it works. I hear is Silence of the Lambs as a romantic comedy. <laughs> Had a good job, FBI agent. Get to travel around and stuff. Sometimes you do. You know, we get a lot of detectives here, but I must say I can't ever remember one as attractive. I graduated from UVA, doctor. It is not a charm school. Clarice Starling wants nothing more than to make it at the FBI. But so far, turning heads is easier than getting ahead. Jobs <laughs> come up and I thought about you. Not a job, really. More of an interesting errand. Who's the subject? The psychiatrist, Hannibal Lecter. Now, her new assignment might be biting off more than she can chew. (laughs) Very clever. Using you, pretty young woman. Dr. Lecter, my name is Clarice Starling. May I speak with you? You know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes? You look like a rogue. Perhaps you'd care to lend us your view on this questionnaire, (laughs) He was looking for a way out. All that detail just from memory, sir? Memory agent starting is what I have instead of a view. She was looking for a way in. You tell me things. Not about this case, though. 
Bacchus. Are you hitting on me, Doctor? Aw, bars. What you're doing, Miss Starling, is coming into my hospital to conduct an interview and refusing to share information with me for the third time. People will say we're in love. Maybe you can decide for yourself whether or not I'm qualified enough to do that. Just do your job, but never forget what he is. And what is that? Jack Crawford is hurting your career, isn't he? Apparently, he likes you, and you like him, too. I never thought about it. Your first lie to me, Clary. Jodie Foster. <laughs> Fly back to school now, little starling. And Anthony Hopkins. In the most romantic movie of the year. <laughs> oh, Clarice, your problem is you need to get more fun out of life. The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I'm not quite. You That's pretty good, though. Clue from a real murder case? Cool. Just ignore him. He's not a PhD. Seems uh, to be kind of a thing now. We're I, I like I like that. the thing. I don't know if that one worked yeah. particularly well, yeah, but I, okay. I like the thing. Yeah, I like the thing. Um, uh, we've been talking and promising uh, flying cars for quite some time. Yes, um, since here. the fifties. Yes, been they're here. And you know, usually it's like, well, actually, we have a plane and we put bigger tires on it so you could use it on a road, mm-hmm. and then we'll make the wings retract or something. This is an actual. I think this is as close as you're going to come to a flying car. And apparently, it already exists and is already flying. Mm. And this is how they're going to do it. It looks like with these drone sort of engines. Uh, here's the video of it actually taking off. Watch. Zero emission, all electric flying car, which I'm really concerned about. I don't know about you. Yeah. Guys. 300 kilometer uh, range. Range, which is pretty good. Uh, it is a uh, is vertical takeoff and landing. Nice. Um, so if you're in traffic, you can just pop up above. Oh wow! But that's you leave sweet. you leave the base behind. So I think that's this the test one. I think they were going to put it on uh, wheels for actual use. Creators imagine it can replace car transport in, in congested cities. Uh, and it would be like it would be like Uber. So like you, it's a flying car. You hail one, it comes and picks you up. You get in it and it oh flies my in. gosh, yeah. how cool would that be, right? Yeah, that's I mean that's that's pretty cool. And the way they do it is with these drone type engines. Um, yeah. it, Top it, speed three hundred kilometers an hour. Yep, nice. I don't know what that means. Is that two hundred miles <laughs> going, an hour? They're going ten miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Why, why, why are, do Americans use kilometers? That's dumb. Uh, is no, this, this isn't, no, it's not American. It's German. It's not American, okay. Uh, they're, they're developing a five-seat. Right now, this one is a two-seater, um, uh, that the, one, the, the test model. Looks awful small. They're going to have a, uh, yeah, well, it's not for fat guy seating, obviously. Uh, <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about that. Oh, it'd never get you off the ground, Jeffy. No but way. I, I mean, the fact that it's flying around <laughs> and doing stuff is cool. kind of interesting. And it's essentially built sort of on the drone technology. Mm-hmm. Now, it uses, I guess, less, they're saying less uh, energy than a drone, but, I mean, you could see how perfectly they can control the drone. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is scale that up, and the flying car could actually become a reality. Yeah. Although, it, it looks like they're proposing not everybody would have one, you just hail one, and it would like take you where you need to go. Yeah, yeah. and they were, you know, could, if you could think about, because I had to do, um, I was in New York this weekend going from LaGuardia to Westchester uh, in an Uber. Uh, what an experience. First of all, look. LaGuardia Airport. It, I, it, did someone? It's was there a massive terrorist attack to that place that I didn't hear about? It's like, unbelievable. It's it is unbelievable. Like mm-hmm. they're at the point now where you have to take a shuttle to get to get to a lot where you can get the Uber. It's the trip. So many the airports are so under bad. construction, but that one might it's, be the worst of all. It's unbelievable right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I sat in traffic for 
hours. I mean, t- just to get out of that airport and then get really? to Westchester. Um, and so, oh. but you know, if you had this car, you just pop up above. It wasn't. It's not a long distance, right? Uh-uh. It's like you know, it's like forty miles, but it took two and a half hours. With that thing, you'd get there in fifteen minutes. Yes. It's great. It'd be really great. More Pat and Stu coming up in a minute. And I would have paid anything to do it, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> while sitting in that car, I would have paid, what is it, oh, 17000 Okay, yes, absolutely, I'm in. <laughs> well, how much, it will save an hour? I'm in. Welcome to Soda Week on Spoons. Oh, boy. Um, so we have two sodas to test drive today. We've got uh, Americana's Honey Cream All right. um, and McFuddy's Pepper Elixir. Pepper. Ooh. Let's try that one first because no. we're going to want to wash it I down with so. the other okay. one probably. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good. Pepper so, Elixir. Pepper Elixir. Is well, this gonna, oh, you know what? It's going to be a Dr. Pepper kind of thing, right? Maybe, yeah. It smells a little I don't like cough Pepper. syrupy, I would say. That's right. Cough syrupy. Yes, cough, cough syrupy. Yeah. Uh, you're right, though. That's what they're going for is a Dr. Yeah. Pepper similar it's thing. It's not terrible. It's not bad. It's kind not of bad. Mr. Pibbish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'd give that a... Hmm. It's good. No, uh, again... Ten. Yeah, out of 18, mm-hmm. uh, by the way. It's not a perfect scale. Uh, here's the honey cream. We should have some water. Rinse, uh, our, pa- rinse our palate I like that better. before we try the next flavor. Mm. Honey cream is good. That's pretty good. I like it. Uh, it's it's a sweeter, you know, typical cream soda. Get that vanilla taste. Mm. This is a little bit sweeter than that, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice taste. Now we also brought a little ice cream in because, well, we're overweight. <laughs> um, so we're gonna have a little. You gotta um, have like a ice cream soda, a little, right? A little float situation here. Just with it, that. So I'll give this a fourteen by yep. itself. Yep, I would give that. Uh, I'll give it a, a fourteen as well for the cream. I'll give the honey a ten. I like that. I like both of your ratings there. And there's no question that the uh, soda is uh, brought to another level by the ice cream. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, especially with the cream soda. You get a cream soda, you're adding ice cream to it. That's it's really, really good. Nice flow. That's a nice combination. That's maybe a 16. I don't even want to try that, really. I'll ruin it. The ice cream? Yeah, you try that one. I think ice cream with Dr. Pepper would be pretty good. Not as good as the cream. Uh, Jeffy, what was your ratings on some of these? you have any numbers? Both, both sodas. Yeah, both, we, uh, we didn't ask for a category. Completely we aware of that. <laughs> You're the worst. Oh, the cream soda with the ice cream is good. Yeah, really good. Oh. Yeah, I mean, what it, is it? It's not cream the, soda. It's I'll honey, give the honeysuckle. The cream soda with the ice cream is 16. I don't know. If we have to rate the, the floats. I mean, it's just adding. <laughs> That's true. Food. But That's I do. True. I do. That's overkill. I take it back. <laughs> I mean, the only reason back. I'm going to eat the I've pepper is just because there's ice cream in it. I've gone too damn far now. <laughs> Don't make me spit this out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would uh, definitely say the honey cream is pretty good. I believe these are a Cracker Barrel. Um, there's a couple stores that have weird. Are these both World Cracker Market Barrel? has weird yeah. sodas like this. There's a couple weird stores that have uh, sodas for no particular reason. Yeah. Um, but mm. I mean, yeah, you know, you want to have a good quality. So, I, the, as a Dr. Pepper substitute, the McFuddy mm-hmm. thing is okay. All right, um, but I'm not. Uh, yeah, I don't like Dr. Pepper anyway. So, oh, the, the substitute I do. I do too. Yeah, I do. I, you know, again, I'm a, I'm a diet soda fan. One so. thing that uh, these came from Cracker Barrel. I was wondering, do we have any uh, chicken and dumplings or anything like that? Pancakes, maybe. From oh, Cracker their Barrel, pancakes. Like the, their pancakes are maybe the best. Right, chicken and dumplings. Maybe too, the best. World, world class. So you brought water and you brought chicken and dumplings. No, the water was to 
you know, clean the palate right, between my the question, flavors. My question is, why haven't you referenced milk yet? That was my question as well. Because usually you already had milk in the ice cream. Usually blurt out something stupid about mm-hmm. milk. I'm going to go with it. Milk. She usually goes about like that, right? That's a little bit more coherent than usual, but yes. Uh, so yeah, I would say overall, I uh, like the cream. Dr. Pepper's okay, but I mean, Dr. Pepper is better than this um, this fake Dr. Pepper, I would say. It's a little more, it's sweeter and a little more syrupy. But the honey if, cream thing is really good. Yes, yes it is. It's a nice little... Uh, I might actually try that in a store. I might buy it. Even better with ice cream. I mean, most things are. Yes. What's ice cream made out of? Well, it depends on... You can buy some that is, you know, made with just... Milk! Go ahead, say it. <laughs> milk! But you can't. No, it's so good, but this is milk. Milk, milk, so good. Good milk, milk good. So Ryan Holiday is a guy who, uh, he was... Uh, his book is called Trust Me, I'm Lying, Confessions of a Media Manipulator. He was a guy that got all these weird stories. You're like, where did that come from? He was a guy who got those things started and is now kind of telling the story of how the media manipulates you. We talked to him on the most recent episode, the season premiere of The Wonderful World of Stew. With great power comes great responsibility. Of course, that's Uncle Ben, Spider-Man's uncle, not the not the rice guy. Uh, he's probably not the first person to say that. It could have been maybe Winston Churchill or Theodore Roosevelt or maybe some guy during the French Revolution. I'm not exactly sure. But who cares about sources anyway, right? Or responsibility for that matter. The media certainly doesn't seem to. Here to tell us about the consequences of the 24-7 news cycle and how to protect ourselves uh, is the author of the book, Trust Me, I'm Lying. Confessions of a Media Manipulator, Ryan Holiday. Ryan, thanks for coming on the program. Thanks for having me and a disembodied head. Yeah, you're doing a great job with your your hand gestures there. It's very nice. Um, you uh, you you have such an interesting life uh, and what you've done so far. Let's start at the beginning here and, and tell people kind of how you came across this and what you've been doing with the movie. I hope they serve beer in hell. Well, so I, I started, I was a, an assistant, or I guess, or a, an apprentice under the author, Robert Greene, who wrote the book, The 48 Laws of Power. And I sort of learned historically how uh, media has always been manipulated and information has been manipulated. And then I ended up working for a number of really controversial clients. I worked for Tucker Max, who is a, it's sort of an early blogger. You might call him the sort of first Milo. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I worked, I was the director of marketing in American Apparel. I've worked for a, a, a number of sort of big companies that um, have basically decided that they don't care what you say about them as long as you're talking about them. And it's, a, I think, increasingly become a common media strategy. Yeah, I mean, here you're talking about how essentially the media is manipulated to get stories into my living room and onto mm-hmm. my phone. Um, and one that completely worked on me, you explain it, and I didn't know this. You know, I, I'm a guy who follows politics all the time. Tim Pawlenty seemed like a candidate that came out of nowhere. And, and as you explained in the book, it, it kind of did. Yeah, yeah. If you if you look at uh, in the 2012 uh, election cycle so long ago now, I almost sort of uh, miss it fondly. It was it was media manipulation at, I guess, a, a, a less ominous level. But you can see how um, 
blogs and the you mentioned a 24/7 news cycle it's really much more than that right mm-hmm. um if you think about the online media cycle it has the capacity for an infinite amount of content and each additional piece of content that it creates is money in it their pocket right it's more page views equals more dollars there's an infinite amount of advertising space as well so what we see then is is infinite amounts of content and and candidates are sort of manufactured out of whole cloth like I don't want to make this all about Trump, but it is interesting. Trump had been talking about running for president um, mm-hmm. since I was born. His first his first exploration was in 1987. Um, every election cycle, he sort of kicked it around, but his campaign never really became serious. Um, it was only in 2015 and 2016 with this sort of current media cycle that we have that the, the joke is made real, so to speak, right? So it, there are media manipulators out there. There's people like me who are trying to force a product or an idea into the news. But I also want people to realize that the infinite insatiable demand for content means the media kind of is not only in on it, but might even be manipulating itself because it's good for business. Mm. You break it down really well in the book and how you actually do this. Um, And it's more relevant than ever, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, How to turn nothing into something. How do you do it? Yeah, I call it trading up the chain in in the book. And, and, this is uh, this is something that has existed in in media basically since the early 1900s. The invention of the news wires is sort of where this first happens. But um, a little outlet, a, a tiny blog, um, a subreddit, uh, a, an insignificant Twitter account, a Wikipedia page, whatever it is. Um, since since there's such there is this insatiable demand for content, and it's not as if reporters are out there literally pounding the pavement looking for good leads. They're not sort of independently investigating what they write about, what they look for is sensational things that are appearing online. So somebody launches something on Reddit, Trump injects something into the system via Twitter, and then one outlet picks it up, another outlet picks it up from them, another outlet picks it up from them. And what you get is this uh, seemingly bogus piece of information or suspect piece of information has now been written about so many times that it becomes, in effect, true. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, here at The Blaze, we've been victim of this and, and I'm surely have violated this as well. I mean, I think every media organization has gone through this and it's, it is a struggle. Um, sure. Uh, you bring up actually one headline near and dear to our heart here at The Blaze, which was Glenn Beck uh, raped and killed a young girl in 1990. Um, and, you know, that was something obviously completely ridiculous. But because people didn't like Glenn at the time, they decided mm-hmm. to promote this. And major media, you know, organizations were, you know, putting this in headlines with question marks at the end as if that sure. made it OK. There's a question in the headline. The answer is always no, <laughs> um, because if it was if it wasn't a question, they wouldn't pose it. If, if there was an answer, they wouldn't pose it as a question. Mm-hmm. If I were to call you a douchebag right now and you said, no, I'm not a douchebag. You've now been the, the word douchebag has now been said about you twice, right? <laughs> so, so, so there, there's actually something that scientists have found called the backfire effect. So, when, when, if you give people false information and then you explain to them why it's false, they actually believe it more than people who were only given it once. And so, what happens is the more these things are repeated, um, even in the process of debunking, right? How many, how many times do we have to hear that? Uh, vaccines are not linked with autism. Um, mm-hmm. And and yet we continue to see actually the rates of vaccinations decline because the it, it's it's like it's the same it's the same power of a meme, but used to destructive ends. And I think I, I think you could also make an argument that 
these sort of destructive memes harm certain individuals, like individuals who play by the rules. And they actually, um, then it creates, uh, not unlike antibiotics, it creates superbugs who are essentially immune to these things altogether, right? What it, there, there's almost nothing at this point that you could accuse Donald Trump of that would that would not bounce off him, as he says. You know, you could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue. There, there's nothing you could say about the cast of Jersey Shore that they wouldn't <laughs> thank you for saying about them, because their entire business model is around getting attention. I will tell you, I've definitely been called douchebag more than twice. So you're just adding onto the pile at this point. Um, you talk about this problem uh, of trying to correct these things. And, I, you know, I don't know how you do it because you, you, you tell the story about you, were, you worked at American Apparel and you, there was a, a situation that went on there with nail polish, made in America nail polish. Can you walk us through that story? Yeah. So what happened was uh, we put out this line of nail, nail polish and there was, a, there was a problem with the bottles. They, they were reacting poorly to the halogen lights in the store. So we make the preemptive step to recall all the all the, the nail polish. And we send out a letter to the, the employees and we say, look, um, don't just throw these in the trash. That would be bad. Uh, it would be bad for the environment to throw this away. And uh, a Gawker reporter finds out about it. I believe it was for Jezebel. And, you know, she, she writes, uh, you know, is American Apparel's nail polish toxic? And so there you have the question again, right? She's not owning the claim, but she is insinuating it. Um, and, and again, how, you know, w- w- another sort of typical blog tactic is, hey, we're running this story in five minutes. Do you have a comment, right? <laughs> so your comment, if your, your comment, if it was if actually solicited, would be, um, here, let me show you why you shouldn't run this story altogether because it's totally baseless. But they don't want that. They want to be able to run the story. So um, they end up running it. It actually, uh, it, you know, it hurts the company. It, it drives the nail polish manufacturer out of business. Um, and there's a, effectively nothing you can say. Like if, if, if I say, you know, it, uh, did you rape and murder a girl in 1990? And you go, no, I didn't rape. A, I didn't do that. This is preposterous. Then, then you can go, um, that's exactly what you would say, right? <laughs> or um, where's your evidence, right? You're, you're being forced to prove a negative. And so, um, you know, I, I guess what I would say is think about it this way. Um, you wouldn't want a reporter writing about something to have a financial interest in the company. You wouldn't want them to own stock in General Motors mm-hmm. and then be writing about General Motors. Well, what about when that writer is paid on how many page views their story gets or their their performance is judged based on their page view? You could argue that each story is sort of its own stock, right? And so their conflict of interest is not in the subject matter per se, but it is in writing the most sensational um, click-worthy version of that same story. Oh, wow. Well, that's a great way of looking at that because it's true. You're so invested in whether, I mean, because, you know, we you know, we work at a website that, that uh, news stories, I know uh, I have a lot of friends who, who do the same. They've got chart beat on the wall showing each sure. story with the exact amount of ac- you know, people clicking on it at any given time. I mean, it's intense. It's an intense world. The churn is constant. And, you know, the incentive is write what you have to write uh, within some very loose guidelines to get as many clicks as possible. Yeah, and, and compare that to say, like, so I write books, right? I write, uh, I spend a year or two years of my life working on a book. I know people are paying for it up front. I know if they don't like it, uh, they're going to return it or they're going to give it a bad review. All these incentives that are checking me from being sensational and thinking short term. And then also with the book, look, if it doesn't sell in the first week, maybe it'll sell in the second week mm-hmm. or maybe it'll sell 10 years from now. But if you think about how an online writer is generated is, is judged, it's um, it's 
did this get traffic right now? How many social shares is it getting right now? You mentioned Chartbeat. People don't understand Chartbeat. It's literally a, a speedometer that's on a giant, you know, TV screen in most newsrooms, and it's like it's it's almost like if 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 the if if the bus if the bus goes below sixty miles an hour, we're all gonna die, right? It's like <laughs> like they have to keep it going, and and you know the writer isn't thinking, hey, I'm gonna write a piece. It's not gonna do that well right now, but it's gonna do a thousand views a day for the next ten years. So, you know, they're they're already gonna move on to a different outlet. They don't get paid for how their stories do over the long term. A newspaper in, in, in under the old economics had subscriptions. So there's a contractual relationship between the reader and the publisher. And if if they, you know, deliver enough crappy newspapers to me, I'm going to say, hey, I'm I'm not going to do this anymore. So I, I think we our incentives are a little bit more aligned there. So I actually see the rise of paywall. I see subscription. I see I see some positive signs, but it still is alarming that, you know, this journalism is free, but it's not without cost. <laughs>